like the way that they phrase, oh, this is bad. They're preying on the victims. It's like they're sending them to these conferences and then you're fed a lot of BS and it's supposed to be like for the company. And I'm just like, wait, wasn't this, wasn't I fed this, (laughs) but with a higher paying salary? Yes, we were indeed. Hello, clowns. I'm Ami. I'm Yu Chen, and we're the hosts of Clown Vibes Podcast. We're two best friends who get together to laugh and discuss a variety of topics, from all things pop culture to navigating through adulthood as Asian Americans, and more with our own clown spin, of course. We're so glad to have you here to clown around with us, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Clown Vibes. <laughs> What's up? Good morning. <laughs> You know, I think we gotta figure out a different time to record. The morning is just so tough for me. Yeah. Well, it's like 7 a.m. But it is the most convenient. Every time you're like, can we record earlier? No problem for me. (laughs) But like, (laughs) so many issues for you. No problem for me. (laughs) I woke up so nauseous. And I didn't even wake up with my alarm. I woke up like earlier than it. And I was like, great, like, let me just start the day. And it just was tough. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Ami is two hours ahead of me, but I'm more of like a morning person than she is. And extremely. After she visited me in SF, she has been inspired to cook a little bit more for herself. And I don't think her (laughs) stomach enjoys it. (laughs) It does not. Okay, it's not that. Well, it's partially that. It's the fact that I ran out of pickles and yesterday I just needed salt. I have to get my blood work done soon because like something, I think something's wrong with me. Who the hell knows? But kimchi was like the best alternative I had to like a pickle snack. So then I ate way too much of it yesterday and then my stomach hurt all day. Like it's tough. But you know what? I have not eaten out since Sunday, and I'm really proud of myself. Whoa, like last Sunday, almost yes. a week ago. <laughs> yeah. My friends came over last night, and they were like, you guys, Ami has fed herself for a whole four days. Like, <laughs> things are changing. <laughs> Mercury is in retrograde. I don't know officially, but like, I feel it. I feel it in the air so much is going oh, on sure. that we can't even talk about it on Clown Vise because this episode would be like two hours long. But I want to kind of talk to you about a little niche rabbit hole that I found myself in in my spare time on TikTok. Okay. So you and I discussed this, but we're, we have somehow been on different sides of TikTok for a while now. I don't know what that says about our friendship. It's a little concerning. I know. But I got served this video where these two girls were talking about this one influencer called Gwen the Milkmaid. And I was like, I've never heard of this before. But basically, they were like, we got served this video from Gwen the Milkmaid, who is like an alt-right conservative homestead type of influencer like her whole all her content is her trying to be a milkmaid quote unquote a milkmaid but she's like dresses up in farm clothes like she claims that she has like a farm what's a milkmaid someone who milks cows i have no idea but yeah like that that is like the term for what that person actually does i don't know what it is in like current culture like i don't know if it's referring to some other type of 
person. But the one video that they showed is of her saying like, oh, I used to be a lesbian, but now I'm a stay-at-home mom who all she wants to do is like cook for her kids and farms animals. And I was just like, this, I don't know why I'm getting a turn. Yeah. But these two girls were like, guys, we realized that we used to follow Gwen the Milkmaid because she used to be another influencer who was a lesbian. And she used to post these like, why can't she be a lesbian and have kids and work on a farm? Wait, wait, wait. No, but let me explain. Anyway, I think it's all okay. Fake is basically what they're saying is her Gwen the Milkmaid account is fake because she used to be a lesbian. Like, yeah, she deleted all her videos about her girlfriend. And we distinctly remember what her girlfriend looks like. She used to film these ASMR videos that were really like soothing to listen to. But then they kind of got a little bit risque, if you get what I'm saying. And Mm -hmm. then suddenly she rebranded to this like alt-right type of stay-at-home woman and they're like but the thing is is that she claims she has a husband she claims she has kids and they've like never seen the husband or kids okay I was just about to be like where'd she get the kids from (laughs) (laughs) yeah I they think that she's like literally making up her life on social media and for what reason like I wonder if it's money But what is she, I haven't seen a single like sponsorship video, but you know what? The internet is a very creative environment to get money. So I'm sure it's like feeding into some form of income for her, but I'm just like, whoa, she did like a hard pivot. I guess there's more money to be made on the alt-right side of the world. Maybe there's just fewer alt-right influencers. Like, we don't know. I guess. Because we're not on that side I just want to know, like, is she a lesbian? Is she bisexual? Why the hard pivot and rebrand? But I guess money. And do people know that, do people care that she's not authentic? Do people know it's a scam? I bet people don't realize that like that happened your people who are getting her videos now did not get her videos previously Mm. you know yeah so they don't know these girls exposed her but you know it must not be wide enough yet because i haven't seen it not that we're on even (laughs) semi the same tiktok anymore (laughs) i don't know why i got searching the amount of phineas and ferb episodes i've watched on tiktok is wild All right, well, I bring up this story because it's related to our main topic today, which is modern MLMs. So, I mean, what is an MLM? I'm going to struggle saying that. It's okay. You guys will know what we mean. So MLM stands for multi-level marketing, and it's basically a company structure where you try to sell products and recruit other people, and your compensation structure is based on both, and it heavily relies on you recruiting people Mm -hmm. so it forms like a pyramid yeah but it's not a pyramid scheme and I'm not exactly sure why I guess like someone from the FTC is it the FTC or the F no it's the FTC (laughs) someone from the FTC can explain like the exact differentiation between like a pyramid scheme and MLM and a Ponzi scheme but there's a slight differentiation I think to the point where I don't think MLMs are directly illegal but they're not they're not yeah which is why they're literally 
thriving still to this day. And we want to kind of talk about, you know, like the types of MLMs and like kind of who typically gets involved with MLMs. I feel like we are somewhat, somewhat experts because we come from the suburbs where it is like a cesspool <laughs> of MLMs. Yes. But also how MLMs have really evolved in the modern age. And I think like it's really interesting how this concept of an MLM, it gets such like a bad rep in pop culture or just like overall society Uh in general. But they have like strong believers. (laughs) Yeah. It's deserving of the bad rep, I would like to state. But they do have many a members and it's confusing. I mean, it's not that confusing, but it is like kind of confusing. Okay, who are the types of people that generally would fall for an MLM or be involved in, I would say, besides our moms? (laughs) (laughs) It's people who need money and are struggling generally and are more easily influenced because they don't really have any other avenues or opportunities at the time. So it seems like, you know, a good way to come up, basically. Yeah, I think like what people criticize about MLM recruiting tactics is they really, they tell you to call up that girl you know from high school that is struggling financially. Yeah, They They prey on people. They straight up prey on people and that's like their recruiting tactic. And it really relies on like the community aspect of women. And I kind of want to talk about that because- Of course, like, it's kind of the butt of the joke that women are typically the main, like, prey for MLM schemes, but why Mm -hmm. is that? And I think, like, it has a lot to do with how the role of a woman in society has started and has shifted and has struggled to continue to evolve, but... Basically, women back in like the 50s didn't have a lot of opportunities in terms of like a career or being financially stable. And the way that these MLM schemes like prey on these women is that this is a way for you to be financially independent. Yeah, it's sometimes marketed as like a side hustle. Mm -hmm. And so even like housewives who their job is to take care of the home but then they maybe are getting admonished by their partner, by society for not bringing in any money, although housework is the fucking hardest work, (laughs) which I can barely do. So this is like their way to be like, look, I am producing income for this family also like on the side. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it preys on community of women Mm -hmm. in all of the ways that they're like marketing the company community is like one of the like main reasons that people join and in areas where it thrives when you move to like a small town where you don't know many people besides your husband military spouses are one of the like main victims of mlms and i was like reading into this and it's because like they're moving to these small towns where it's for the career of their husband and so they don't really have much of a career on their own and they're yeah. I feel like part of it is boredom like they're just bored <laughs> yeah for sure and I mentioned like our moms well my mom's not in an M- MLM and she was never in an MLM but I feel like she would fall victim to this because she has such like a girl boss hustle mentality like she loves to keep busy and loves to like make her own money and Mm -hmm. one of their tactics is like 
set your own time, like set your own hours, put in the sweat equity and you'll get like three times the money that you like put in. She would a hundred percent fall for that. It's, I'm so glad that she works and she's like way too busy because if not, she would be doing this like on the side. My mom falls in like the housewife whose partner is like, well, I bring in the money. So you have to do all of this shit. (laughs) Although we did have it really prevalent in Lake Jackson, but she did not fall victim to joining, but she did host Avon parties to try to get discounts and free stuff. (laughs) That is so your mom. Which is truly the Indian in her. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) To get free junk. And for our audience, Avon is like one of those makeup MLMs. I feel like makeup MLMs are super popular just because it's like something that women want. Yeah, back then it was more like jewelry Mm. or at least like the parties we hosted were more jewelry. Like my mom's really not into makeup, but I do remember like looking at those jewelry catalogs and her being like, what do you want? And it's just junk. Wait, is Avon jewelry or makeup? I think now it's pretty much only makeup, but it did used to be jewelry. Because then I was thinking, like, when I called my mom yesterday to ask her, I was like, wait, am I not thinking of the right name? But I Googled it, and Avon did used to sell jewelry. Mm, Yeah. I think, like, the two really popular ones are Avon and Mary Kay. I remember, not my mom, but, like, my friend's moms would always have Mary Kay on the side and like Mm -hmm. I don't even think the makeup products are even that great and I was listening to probably not this podcast obviously we want you to listen to our podcast but we have no issues recommending (laughs) other podcasts and if you're interested in MLMs I've been listening to this podcast called The Dream where they do a lot of investigative reporting into specifically MLMs and in this one episode that I was listening to they were like you know usually when you are selling wholesale there's a discount to like retailers and then like there's a markup to the end consumer mm-hmm. they're like the discount from the manufacturer the quote-unquote manufacturer to the middleman which is the distributors is only like 20 percent. Mm-hmm. so they're basically like recouping mm-hmm. their costs directly from the middleman which i think is illegal they call it like a closed circle or something like that basically what i'm saying is the items are so marked up to the point where like you're not even getting a good deal and it's just it forces you to basically just buy and sell directly to your friends yeah it's like pretty savage that you're supposed to sell to your friends and family like i know that you have to have some level of brainwashing done to like really believe in this product to then like try to, you know, tell your friends and family to buy it. But, you know, the people who are pushing these MLMs like know the product isn't good mm-hmm. or like know the product isn't good quality. And for that same price, you could probably go to Sephora and buy, you know, a better quality product. I was looking into my Facebook because that is where I find all my MLM stuff it's like people from high school and I remember this girl yeah. that I used to play volleyball with was like heavily in an MLM scheme a few years back and I was like oh I wonder if she's still in it but I don't think she's in it anymore like she's in some like hotel management job but I remember yeah her and all her friends were a part of it oh it was called Arbon. Very similar. Why do they have to come up with like the same names? But I have no idea. One part of MLMs is they really 
prey on the idea that like you can move up the ladder really Mm -hmm. pulling on your desire to build a career and in order to like incentivize you to like sell more or recruit more people they'll like send you to these like big conferences where you are basically being rewarded with an experience that feels very corporate-y but also it's not it's an MLM yeah yeah that's funny that you said that like I also tried to see if the people from high school that I saw like in the you know past five years were in MLMs were still in it and I don't think anyone is so you know what I'm proud of them (laughs) maybe we've aged out (laughs) I'm glad they got out yeah I hope so you know and I think that's a good point is that it's generally at least from what I've experienced much younger people like right out of high school early 20s because they don't have a job or like older people 40s 50s women like you're not really seeing that middle age as often Mm -hmm. as you see like the outer bands I just want to like say when you told me that your mom had Avon parties I was like I can see it because she has a live laugh love banner thing in her (laughs) house and the minute I saw that it was like I was like oh this is very get out (laughs) of course she (laughs) you know what she like just goes to Hobby Lobby all the time and will just buy anything she thinks is like would be nice for the house but she doesn't really like read it I mean I'm sure she read it but like she doesn't really know what that even means She just got it because she thinks, like, that's what you're supposed to have. Mm -hmm. And, like, we grew up in the whitest town, and that's what, like, all of her friends had. So she just thinks it's, like, how you're supposed to decorate your house. (laughs) As Asians, we only live, we don't laugh or love. (laughs) We do laugh in my house a lot, but that's it. (laughs) Should we talk about some of our modern day MLMs because what we describe with like Mary Kay and even Arbonne and Avon, they've been around for a while and it's a very like standard MLM, but I feel Uh like MLMs have gotten really creative in the past few years to the point where I'm just like, man, I could have maybe fallen victim to this. So the first one that I want to talk about is called smart circle and i found out about it through of course tiktok but this woman was (laughs) like uh i'm like hearing all these like chanting noises every tuesday morning it's coming from this building that i live next to and it's very cult like she's like what is this and someone commented Mm -hmm. oh my gosh it's smart circle And they're like, it's an MLM. Watch the documentary Slave Circle on YouTube. So if our audience has time, there's a low-budget documentary called Slave Circle on YouTube. I told Ami to watch and she was like, no. (laughs) Well, she said it's really long. I said, how long? And she said an hour and 40 minutes. And I just said, cannot. I do appreciate the honesty, and I didn't really expect you to, but I wasn't expecting you to just be like, no. (laughs) Well, first of all, you told me at like 9 p.m. last night. I was like, I'm busy watching Bunch of Hills. Oh my god. (laughs) Priorities. Well, I watched it, and I kind of want to explain what it is first, so... 
Smart Circle is a group of smaller LLCs and their whole offering is they don't sell a product. Like they do sell a product, but they sell like a bunch of different types of products. And what they do is they're in like Sam's Clubs, Costco's, Walmart's, and they set up a booth to try to sell Uh products. Have you, do you remember like encountering these types of people? Man, no, because you know, if they're not, giving out food like I'm not going to that table (laughs) but you know what like you know what the vibe is right oh for sure like and as soon as you said like Costco I was like oh I've definitely seen this type of thing before yeah and the way that they like recruit people is they they post like legit job postings on Indeed and they portray it as like an entry-level sales job which I mean, maybe it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, but... That feels wrong. Yeah, they have, like, a recruitment process where they're trying to, like, see if, you know, you are trainable. So they want, like, a really positive attitude, really upbeat. Like, can you sell yourself? And once you, like, get the job, they put you in this, like, rigorous training program where you have to, like, go into this office at like 7 a.m and every like morning meeting you're not allowed to sit down there are no chairs you have to wear business casual clothing and you basically do this like little chant thing to like boost up the energy and get people excited to sell and that is what this girl on tiktok was hearing in the video Oh my god. Yeah. What was the chant? Do we know? I'm sure I can like find it. Yeah. I'm sure it's on the internet. Yeah. But it's not cult-like, but it is. Like the stuff that they're saying isn't cult-like, but at the same time, it feels like it. The like setup alone feels very culty. Yeah. What made me like really uncomfy as I was watching this was that it was so corporate America-like. Like, it really modeled a lot of corporate America things. We're looking to wrap up the interview process within the next week. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> I've heard this before. Sometimes, like, whenever I went to big four conferences and stuff, I would just be like, this is a cult. This is, like, sick. Exactly. Like, like remember I told you about that Arbon story of them sending them to conferences? I'm like, yeah. wait, was that not done to me? Like us it was. in corporate America? Like, yeah. is this wrong? If It 100% was. And like the way that they phrase, oh, this is bad. They're preying on the victims. It's like they're sending them to these conferences and then you're fed a lot of BS. And it's supposed to be like for the company. And I'm just like, wait, wasn't this, wasn't I fed this, <laughs> but with a higher paying salary? Yes, we were indeed. <laughs> So is like corporate America big four and MLM because the recruiting process into consulting and big four is also very sus. It actually is. It is because you are rewarded for like recruiting people. Yeah. Kind of. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Interesting. No, but there's more. You heard it here first. Breaking news. (laughs) No, there's more. So like one of the things 
that the people that they interviewed who were in these schemes, they were like, part of like the scheme is they really encourage upward mobility. So you start at start out like on the floor as a direct salesperson, but then you get moved up to team leader and then you get moved up to like owner or something like that. And they're like, you're kind of expected to work at the next level without getting paid and compensated for the additional work. <laughs> and I mean, like rolling her eyes right now. Where have we heard this before? <laughs> actually you know what I'm I'm glad we've escaped (laughs) I'm proud of us and then the last piece was like you're not allowed to refer to what you do as a job but as an opportunity and I was like what I've heard this before too remember when I asked for a raise at one of my last companies and they were like no this is an opportunity to do this and I was just like, mm, no. It's an opportunity for you to do two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. What came first? Like corporate America, manipulative lingo, or MLM, manipulative lingo? Like who's learning from who at this point? Or did they just develop simultaneously? I think it has to be corporate. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? I bet the people who leave to start these MLMs are like corporate America dropouts Mm. who are just like, we don't want to do the grind every day. Like, we want the flexibility. And then they're basically perpetuating it to a worse degree. Yeah. I will say MLMs are definitely worse (laughs) than the big four. So I bring this example up because they're not really selling product as like what you would expect MLMs to be. Like the commission isn't really based on like product selling, but I guess MLMs have evolved into mimicking corporate America and just manipulating people in another way. Wait, so what do they sell or like how do you make money in it? Um, So you sell basically like little products, like it could be like a kitchen gadget or it could be a makeup product. It doesn't really matter what the product is. I actually just don't know where they're getting these products from, but when you're out on the floor as like a direct salesperson, like your salary is based on commission, but as you like move up, your salary compensation changes, I think based on how you manage your team and how you recruit people. The lower level mm. of the quote unquote like triangle or pyramid is actually about sales, but then as you move up, it's about yeah. recruitment, I think. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Which isn't that the same as like big four to like you're doing work yeah pretty much but it's not based on commission (laughs) nothing's based on commission like you have a salary you know how is this not a ponzi scheme i gotta look up the definition of ponzi scheme later like if you're not really selling a product then like i guess in my mind what differentiates them is mlms sell a product so that's interesting Mm -hmm. i guess like if i went up to the booth at costco like what would i be trying to buy like one of their like knickknacks yeah it's stuff that you would okay. fall victim to buying. Like, I'd be like, yeah, I want to buy it. Okay. <laughs> That's why also why I don't go up there. <laughs> Remember, I had this brush that like, circulates and, like, cleans my face? Yes. Did I try to get you to buy one? <laughs> I bought one. So you did influence me. Half the things you tend owns gadget-wise, I'm like, okay, I'll get it. <laughs> Man, I don't even get commission for this. <laughs> 
I know. It's because I trust you. Half the time you're like, oh, I did so much research. I'm like, great. In that case, I was trying to buy a low budget Clarisonic. I was not influenced by one of these boots. But years later, I saw someone selling this exact gadget at a booth. So I wonder if Uh, I unwillingly fell victim to an MLM scheme. No, I think like at the time we bought it, it was just really popular to have it. Yeah. Like it was like the new way to wash your face. And then I think like once I started having like so much hormonal acne and was watching all the videos, they were like, stop using that brush. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And I haven't used it since. Good. I don't know where mine is either. So I also read, I did read the article that you put on the outline. Good. So I did half of the assignment. (laughs) I've been giving Ami homework assignments left and right. (laughs) And I don't do all of them. (laughs) But anyway, so I did read this article. And so the second MLM we're going to talk about that's like a modern one is called Breakaway. And it basically started out as a community, Mm -hmm. I guess, is how this like 25 year old basically was like, hey, I am self-made. That's fake, probably. And I got rich by selling these like ionic water converters. Like I didn't really understand what it was. I tried to open the website, but it was a very weird and they asked you some questions I was like I can't do this but it basically like adds pH or something to your water that's like supposed to be better but there's actually not really research telling you that that's true but anyway so she was like selling these water things that are five thousand dollars so expensive but she didn't like the community so expensive but she didn't like the community that was selling the like water gadget It was, like, mostly men. She didn't like it, whatever. So she started her own. And she, like, lived in Hawaii, like, posted these, like, cool pictures. And she was like, you can get all of this if you join my community and sell these, like, water things. And she sold a subscription also to be part of the community. So the thing is, she could have just stopped there. Yeah. Instead of continuing the MLM scheme. So after reading the article, I had like thoughts. If you're interested in reading the article, it's from The Atlantic. I think it's called Breakaway Movement, Gen Z Multi-Level Marketing. And we decided to like explore this route because, you know, like Ami said, we typically like don't see a lot of people in our age now selling or being a part of MLM schemes. But as we mentioned, the younger 20-year-olds are kind of susceptible to it. And with like Gen Z comes a different type of MLM. And hers is all about like the portrayal of like a certain very white beachy lifestyle that we've typically never seen before. Like when we think about like classic MLMs, we think of like the South or the Midwest, but this is a very elevated MLM. (laughs) Very elevated. But my question is, do we think she actually knew what she was setting up was an MLM because she was like kind of selling Mm. like modeling her business off of another business yeah that's true and so I wonder if she was kind of just a victim of another MLM and rebranded it to sell to a different type of made like a women-centric one yeah you know probably but I do think like when you're starting something like that you have a responsibility to learn what you're doing so I don't think that even though she fell victim like she did have some responsibility in starting her own essentially offshoot of this MLM Mm -hmm. and they were really popular during COVID Mm -hmm. and would basically say like drinking this water is gonna like help you stay healthy which is like false 
Well, I want to make a point here and it's that I think like the health movement and I remember having this conversation with one of my coworkers, but like the healthy lifestyle, if you're interested in like a healthy lifestyle, the algorithm really does not know how to differentiate between that and like the anti-vaxxer, the taking it too far essential oil MLM type of group. Like it's super well connected and you could very easily like get pushed into the quote unquote like wrong direction. Oh, for sure. Because everyone does it in the name of health, like says their claim or whatever does their little health trick in the name of like staying fit and this and that. Mm -hmm. If Nico was not so like off the grid, he would 100% be in a cult. I mean, I still think he is in a health cult, a health cult of like one, but yeah, his own. he would probably get like roped into this. He's not good enough to exp- like at selling to expand his own cult. I kind of want to talk about like the power of social media and how that like plays into evolving MLMs too, because like early day MLMs, it's all about your own social network, call people up, host these like parties at your own home. But then like in our age, it was all about like Facebook, the Facebook groups, Mm -hmm. people posting on their Facebook feeds. And in this case, I mean, she expanded her group in Instagram, which is like where she already had a following, but also Facebook. And then I think YouTube had a factor in this too, because as like people were exposing what Breakaway was, like the power of like YouTube and like the expose of like video, videography, was just another way to like convince people one way or the other. Yeah. And like when you are essentially creating this MLM entirely online, like you can't see these people to train them. Mm -hmm. You have to post like YouTube training videos and like YouTube videos, like, you know, encouraging them so that you are able to like mass market your like teachings and like whatnot. In the article, they talk about how like there was this one negative video that was like an expose of Breakaway. And then they were like, everyone go watch some more positive videos of our company. (laughs) And it felt like they were like in this like video algorithm war. The power of social media also is that you're like hiding behind a screen and you don't know the people directly that you're trying to, you know, influence to join or like influence to buy. And that level of detachment, it makes it easier, I guess. If it's a company and other people are kind of are a part of it, it doesn't seem so manipulative. You're not the one that's being manipulated but on the flip side part of like an MLM scheme is you're supposed to reach out to your personal network because they trust you but now with the rise of like social media and parasocial relationships I think almost like the reverse is happening where people place too much trust in others that aren't in their direct circle which causes like the expansion of the MLM Or it accelerates the expansion of an MLM, in my opinion. Yeah, the old day MLM, you only have so much, right? Like you're in a Mm -hmm. small town, you only have like a certain group of people. And at some point, you probably also feel bad trying to just sell junk to your friends. Yeah. Hopefully. But here you're like, whatever, I'll sell this $5,000 water thing to strangers. If they want to buy it, that's on them. Yeah, it kind of like wipes you off that like moral responsibility. Yeah. I'm glad you don't hold 
anything against me for selling you that brush. (laughs) No, I don't at all. I'm like so excited. It came last night and I'm going to use it tomorrow. (laughs) Obviously, we made a point earlier that, you know, MLMs kind of rise from people's desire to build more financial stability in their lives. And of course, in the news, we're seeing left and right information about how the economy is so unstable right now. Inflation is so high. Who knows what's going on with unemployment? Do you think MLMs are on the rise now? You know, maybe, but like at the end of the day, they have to sell a product, I guess, besides a smart circle one. So there's less people hopefully buying the products with the declining economy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the motivation to join one of these groups is probably higher, but like the success of these groups is hopefully lower i can see why like it became more prevalent during covid too because people were out of jobs and this was more of like a Mm -hmm. you order a package online and you can just on the phone sell it to someone or something but i'm curious to see like how this shapes up in the next future do you ever think that mlms will ever die off i mean there's so much like growing anti-mlm sentiment i mean we're recording an episode on it there's a reddit group on it i feel like hulu comes out with like a cult scam (laughs) mlm like documentary every few weeks but will we ever Uh see this die off I don't think so until there's like regulation put into place because they're getting crafty, right? Like a lot of the times people are joining MLMs without realizing that it's an MLM Mm -hmm. and there's not as much, I mean, there is more education on it now, but if you don't know what it is already, like you don't know what to look up. So I think until there's regulation put in place, like it's going to exist and thrive. It's also just like a generational thing, right? Like in the podcast that I was listening to, they were like, if you see your parents hosting these parties and like they, for the most part, left unscathed, they yeah are still living their normal lives. And it, if it's normalized, it becomes normalized for you as an adult and you're more willing or like open to join one or unknowingly join one. Oh, for sure. You know, since around the time that I was graduating high school, there was this like huge knives MLM like I don't know what it was called but people would like come to the house to try to like sell us a knife set and like god bless my mom only uses this like one knife that she got like 20 years ago that she'll never stop using so she was like no but it was people I knew and then they would continuously message me on Facebook trying to be like hey do you want to make extra money and join this ML like not MLM, but like join this like cool opportunity I have. I think like especially then it was so popular to like be in this knife thing. Like I knew so many people in it that it just created this like crazy culture around these knives. (laughs) I remember this knife thing too. I wonder if all like door-to-door sales are related to MLMs because one that I feel like my mom would 100% fall victim to and like she almost did was when this guy came to sell math books for my brother. (gasps) Yes! Oh my god. Okay, yes. There used to be so many of those book things, like the encyclopedia and this and that. Oh my god. I bet that was an MLM. But I guess, like, I don't know who they were recruiting to try to sell. Yeah. I mean, the people that they, that were selling were young. Like, they seemed young, but I'm just like, of course, this would be something that my mom would want to buy. Oh, for sure. We bought it. (laughs) 
Like, I think we bought the encyclopedias. We definitely bought something. One of the sets that they were selling. And I don't think anyone ever opened it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us on all social media at Clown Vibes Podcast or email us at clownvibespodcast at gmail.com. And if you like our show and want to support us, please like, subscribe, and give us a rating and review. That's it for today. Bye, clowns. Bye, clowns.